Hello and welcome to Radio Sega's History of Sonic, um, Act 2. I call it Act 2 because we called the first week Act 1, and, you know, Sonic levels traditionally had acts. Uh, so this is the second show of the History of Sonic, where we're going through um, every single Sonic game in chronological order. Now, I'm very happy to announce that since last week, um, a couple of things have happened. Um, first and foremost, I found more games to add into the list, and I found music for them as well, which is good. I've actually decided in games where um, they've had two releases, um, with a couple of exceptions, uh, I've actually now started to feature both versions. And the only reason I've uh, featured both versions is if they've had two different soundtracks. So unfortunately, in, this, in the sense of Sonic Colors, it's not included because um, the DS version is not included because it was pretty much the exact same soundtrack. Near enough. Um, we've also had to do something interesting with another game, uh, but we'll talk about that one when we get to it, if we get to it this week. So, last week's show, if you, um, if you didn't, if you missed it, and if you did miss it, it won't be on as a download until we finish the entire show, because I want to kind of offer it all up as one big thing. Somehow, I'm not quite sure how. Um, you missed the history of Sonic from 1991 up to 1997. So we went from Sonic the Hedgehog on the um, 16-bit consoles up to Sonic R um, on the Sega Saturn. You'll also notice I've changed the talk bed music. I'm going to change the talk bed music each week to a series that's quite befitting, you know, to a track that's quite befitting of the series at that point. So, yeah, so we went through Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Dr. Robotics, Mean Bean Machine, Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic Chaos, Sonic CD, Spinball, Triple Trouble, you know, Sonic and Knuckles, Sonic 3, etc., 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 Sonic Labyrinth, um, and yeah, finished at Sonic R. Which takes us, so we continue here. With um, 1998, that's where we are starting uh, this on this week's show. So 1998 is probably quite notable for um, for Sonic fans uh, around the world. And as I'd written in our blog post on uh, Radio Sega um, about such a thing, um, it was it brought about um, a change in Sonic that would both. Uh, delight and devastate fans because whilst we finally had a proper 3D Sonic we then had a proper 3D Sonic who had um, green eyes and he was taller and he was edgy and cool and now he had a voice uh, the first time he'd been a voice that he'd had a voice since the cartoons um, and, you know, Tails had a voice, and Knuckles had a voice, and Knuckles was stupid. Um, still thinking that Sonic was trying to steal Chaos Emeralds from him when it was quite clearly Dr. Dr. Robotnik, who was still called Robotnik in Sonic Adventure, but by this point, it's almost as if um, Sega had started to tease his eventual name change to Dr. Eggman, which would happen uh, a couple of years later um, for Sonic Adventure 2, with the fact that Sonic would call him Eggman, and he's like, My name's not Eggman, it's Dr. Robotnik! And then literally three years later, he's like, My name's Dr. Eggman! It's like, ah. Someone's heard the name too many times and decided it was going to stick. Because one thing that the Sonic, that Sega and Sonic team never decided to do was try and um, announce to, like, us Western countries why Dr. Robotnik was now called Dr. Eggman and how it was now a normal thing to call him. <sighs> I don't know. 
Funnily enough, Sonic Adventure, from what I can tell, is the only Sonic game that came out in 1998. Um, when I was sort of doing this list and, and having a look at what games were coming out, I could only find... Um, I could only find Sonic Adventure. Everything else came out later. Um, so the second track that we're going to play in our talk, in our next, in our first music break of this second part of the history of Sonic, is a mobile game, and it's the only Sonic game that came out on a. Well, up in that point, it was the first Sonic game to come out on a non-Sega handheld. And no, we're not counting Sonic Jam on the Game.com. Ugh. Oh, what a horrible, horrible game. I'm so glad we don't have the music for that, although I'm sure if we looked hard enough, we could probably find it. Um, dear Lord, it's... it's... Ugh. No, thank you. Um, we're talking about Sonic Pocket Adventure on the uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color. And it's basically... I think the, the best way to try and describe it is as it was a 2D Sonic game, but it's like a best of Sonic. Only Sonic's now got green eyes, and Doctor uh, Doctor Robotnik is in his Sonic Adventure garb. But a lot of the levels, whilst they had different names, um, ha were actually just basically riffs on um, the uh, like previous Sonic 2D levels with mildly different bosses and also completely different music but the music itself was also sort of remixes or homages to the original um, 2D platformers and again that's the only game that I could see that came out in 1999 um, our next track so track number three in this first talk bed um, is from a party game that came out on the Sega Dreamcast and is utterly utterly terrible it's a horrendous game, and this is my personal opinion. I have heard some people say they really love it. But to be honest, I have only ever played it single player, so I'm sure it's better with multiple players. Um, but I'm talking about Sonic Shuffle. Graphically, it's pretty good. It's a cel-shaded game, and it's made by the makers of Mario Party, um, Hudson. So you, you kind of know that as a platform game, it should work, but... Well, prior to Sonic 2006, which was still six years away, um, Sonic Shuffle is probably well-renowned for the longest and slowest loading screens ever. It's just terrible, 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 terrible. So I do hope you, now that we've, um, now that I've suitably uh, big, big that up. Um, I do hope you enjoy this next batch of three songs, and then after that, we'll talk about the next three that come after this free. So we're into the 3D era of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's classically known as the Dreamcast era, um, even though quite a few of the games in this era aren't actually from the Dreamcast. Um, I think the modern era sort of starts from Sonic 06 onwards, which is a bit strange. Um, but yeah, this is what's, what's colloquial known as the Dreamcast era. And we're starting with Sonic Adventure, then we're moving on to Sonic Pocket Adventure uh, before we finish with Sonic Shuffle. You're listening to Radio Sega's History of Sonic, Act 2. My name is Gavi, and this is hands down one of the best songs from Sonic Adventure. And it's not Lazy Days.
That was Summer Mirage from Sonic Shuffle. Um, the party game on the Dreamcast that... Uh, it's a bit rubbish. Um, before that we had Aquatic Relics Act 1, or you might also recognise it as Mushroom Hill. Oh god, I hope it's Mushroom Hill now I've said that. That'll be forever consigned to um, to history. Oh look, Gavi got a Sonic track wrong! <laughs> I'm sure it's Mushroom Hill. Um, anyway, that's Aquatic... E even if not, it's Aquatic Relics, which is how I've written it. And I bet it's not Relics, is it? I bet it's Helix. He oh no, it's Relics. Hey, I thought I'd misspelt that as well. Uh, that's from Sonic Pocket Adventure on the Neo Geo Pocket. Um, colour. Neo Geo Pocket colour. Not the Neo Geo Pocket. It was not compatible with the Neo Geo Pocket. Only the colour. Um, and then before that, Mechanical Resonance from Sonic Adventure. Or if you want to give it its full Japanese name, Mechanical Resonance for Final Egg. Uh... So, yeah. <sighs> Moving swiftly on with the history of Sonic then. I'm so glad that that, that took like 10 minutes. Just to show that um, as soon as you go into modern, uh, the, the tracks take longer. Um, so moving swiftly onwards with the history, we're now in 2001, which means it has been 10 years since um, Sonic the Hedgehog came out. And to celebrate, um, Sega released Sonic Adventure 2 on the... Well, they tried to release it on the day that uh, that Sonic turned 10. It didn't really quite work out. They brought out a birthday pack in Japan, which I think was only available for two days, but it came out, like, the week before, which was a bit weird. Um, Sonic Adventure 2, obviously the game that uh, most people regard as the greatest 3D Sonic game ever. Um, I kind of struggle to disagree. It's pretty good. Probably better than the first, than Sonic Adventure. I don't really get the clamour about Sonic Adventure 3 though, it's all a bit weird. Um, but yes, 2001 was, was quite a um, quite a good year. Because two games came out in 2001, so you had Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, you know, arguably greatest Sonic game ever. Or 3D Sonic game ever, because after Sonic Adventure 2 it all starts going a bit downhill, as we will soon find out. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 also introduced new characters to the franchise, such as Shadow the Hedgehog, Perpetual Emo, um, Rouge the Bat, um, Gerald and R Maria Robotnik, who apparently were called Robotnik even though Eggman's not called Eggman, and he refers to Gerald and Maria as his grandfather and granddaughter, even though they don't have the same name as him, so somehow, somewhere along the way, he decides to embrace the name Dr. Eggman instead of Dr. Robotnik, and he never explains why, and it's really confusing! Um, and, yeah, I think they're the only new characters who get introduced. Um, <laughs> you get to play as Robotnik. Uh, you get uh, Eggman, sorry. Um, you get to play as Dr. Eggman for the first time in an official uh, Sonic game. So there's that. I do hope I got that right as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. So after Sonic Adventure 2 came something really, really odd, and a decision that to this day, well, they it's, it's, it's a very good decision, but at the time it got criticised. 
not long after Sonic Adventure 2 came out, Sega announced that they were discontinuing the Dreamcast. Now, they had a little bit of an issue here with what to do with Sonic, because Sonic is their main character, he's their mascot, and we now don't have a console to put him on. So they did a deal with the devil, and in 2001, um, Sonic Advance came out on the Game Boy Advance. The game would then later get remade for the Nokia N-Gage as Sonic N, and it's terrible. If you've ever played um, Sonic N, you'll know what I mean. But basically, take Sonic Advance and turn it from a horizontal screen to a vertical screen. So basically, Sonic doesn't know where he's going, he doesn't know where any jumps are, he doesn't know where any traps are, he doesn't know where any badniks are, and when you're in boss levels, you don't know where the boss is. So yes, Sonic N is terrible, but Sonic Advance itself is pretty good. Um, so that came out in 2001. Shockingly, it did really, really well. So in 2002, a sequel came out, which looked exactly the same as Sonic Advance, only this time we had a new character in the form of Cream the Rabbit. Bless her. Um, I actually think she's, she's not really been in a lot else outside of the occasional side appearance. She was in Sonic Advance 3, but in terms of actual playable characters, no. She might have been in Sonic Battle as well, but still, very much a character who got uh, relegated to side character status pretty quickly. Um, it's also with Sonic Advance 2 and Sonic Adventure 2 that Sonic's group of friends started to get a little bit bloated. Um, as you'll soon see when we start talking about later games, um, it seemed that with every new Sonic game, Sonic needed a new friend. To the point where you, you get to a point where he's like, oh my god, how many characters are actually in this franchise anymore? And it was about time to start reining the characters in. But that time is not now. So, in this next music break then, as you've probably gathered, we have got Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Advance, and Sonic Advance 2. So Dreamcast, and then two, game, uh, two, games from the ga uh, two games from the Game Boy Advance. Which basically means that one song is going to sound really good, and the other two songs aren't going to sound as good as the first one because it's a Game Boy Advance sound chip compared to a Dreamcast. Now, with Sonic Adventure 2, there are a lot of good tracks that we could have played. Could have played Keys to the Ruin, could have played... Um, Ghost Pumpkin Soup, could have played It Doesn't Matter, could have played Live and Learn. But we're holding back on vocal themes because if we run out of tracks to play at any point, then I might do vocal themes as like a bonus, as, a, as an extra episode. Um, however, with Sonic Adventure 2, I decided that I wasn't going to play one of the game's most memorable themes because it's a good theme. I decided I was going to play a track from one of the game's most infuriating levels. Seriously, this level is bastard hard, and I've never been able to complete it in anything less than 25 minutes. Not even joking. When I was playing Sonic Adventure 2 on the Xbox 360 only a couple of uh, months ago, I think it took me 35 minutes to get past this level. It's an utterly atrocious level, and yes, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing your comments uh, when you find out what track this is. You're listening to the history of Sonic, and this is Sonic Adventure 2 from 2001.
the funny thing that you'll probably notice as we get uh, further through this show is every time there's a Game Boy Advance game, of which there's another one coming up very shortly, um, the, the, the soundtrack always sounds very similar. Very similar. Uh, that was Sonic Advance 2, which was released in 2001... Uh, 2002? That one? I was going to say 2001, but it wasn't. 2002, Sonic Advance 2 came out, and that was Ice Paradise Zone Act 2. Uh, before that, a duo of games... Um, from 2001, Sonic Advance and Secret Base Zone Act 1, and uh, Sonic Adventure 2 and Space Trip Steps from Meteor Herd. And yes, whilst I'm obviously this is not a live show, um, so whilst I'm not in the uh, in Discord or IRC or anything to see your comments, um, bear in mind that if you were raging at that level, um, I agree with you each and every step of the way. I totally, totally do. Meteor Herd is an awful, awful level. Really bad. Really bad. So now that we've got that out of our system, let's move on. Because in this next music block that we've got coming up, there's um, all three games are from 2003. And two of them, again, are Game Boy Advance games. So we're starting off with a beat-em-up. Nope, only joking. That's the one that comes later. Um, we're starting off with a pinball game. Because apparently Sonic needed a pinball game. And it was called Sonic Pinball Party, and it wasn't really so much a Sonic game as it was a pinball game that had Sonic in it. And it also had other um, franchises in it, like Knights, and Burning Rangers, and Fancy Star Online, and Choo Choo Rocket. And are you noticing that every franchise I've mentioned is a Sonic Team franchise? Hmm, wonder why that was. It's actually a really good game. Sonic Pinball Party is a brilliant, brilliant little game. Um, a lot better than the next game that we're going to play after that, which was Sonic Battle. Um, Sonic Battle came out on the um, on the Game Boy Advance, and it's like a 2D sprite beat 'em up game, which is kind of difficult to play. I don't know. It's it's, it's a really difficult one to try and explain, because it kind of imagine what would happen if you tried to take Super Smash Brothers, but only make it Sonic characters and put it on the Game Boy Advance but all of the sprites were 2D and all of the levels were 3D so you're never quite sure if you're on the same plane as someone else unless until you start punching them and if they start taking damage then you know that you're um... you know I don't know it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's a really strange one to explain um, if you've played it, you know what I'm on about. It's 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 really weird. Uh, also released in 2003, um, is the first 3D Sonic game, and indeed the first Sonic game to go multi-platform. Because whilst as part of the exclusive deal for Sonic to end up on Nintendo consoles. Whilst they ended up re-releasing Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2 on the GameCube under the guises of Sonic Adventure Director's Cut and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, um, it wasn't until 2003 where the first Sonic game came out on a PlayStation console, for a start. Um, it's also the first Sonic game on Xbox and the first original Sonic game on the GameCube. Yeah, we're talking about Sonic Heroes and yeah, the game's terrible. Um, it's got... I think it's the first Sonic game with the four kids cast. So it's the first um, Sonic game with, with Mike Pollock as Dr. Eggman. So yes, Mike Pollock's been voicing Dr. Eggman for at least 13 years. 
and no signs of stopping yet. Um, but at the same time, um, the rest of whilst Doctor Eggman always sort of sounds right, the rest of the characters really didn't sound right, and the graphics are really plasticky. It's literally Sonic Adventure Two is like a gorgeous game for its time graphically, but then you've got Sonic Heroes and you can almost tell that they've gone for lowest common denominator, in this case the GameCube, um, in order to make sure that the game works on the PS2 and the Xbox. And I think it also came out on the PC as well, and the PC version still isn't much better. I could even be... I'm sure it came out on the PC. Um, but yeah, Sonic Heroes is not a good game. Um, the gameplay mechanic uh, which basically sees you playing as three characters at once and changing between them with a press of a button. Uh, it was then mimicked in 2004 with Sonic Advance 3. Um, and Sonic Advance 3, I really, really hate. I, I can kind of get on with Advance and Advance 2, but Advance 3, and we'll, we'll talk about this when we actually get into the music break, which is going to talk, which is going to showcase music from Sonic Advance 3. Um, Advance 3 is god-awful, because, oh my word, it's just... Ha! It doesn't tell you where you're going, and the fact that it's trying to use the Sonic Heroes mechanic of switching between characters, and apparently you get special moves if you link certain characters together, and you don't really know what the two characters are, and it's just, oh god, it really, really takes some getting used to. Really gets some taking, getting, yeah, takes some getting used to. It's all a bit weird. So, let's get some more music on, shall we? Yeah! So we've got Sonic Pinball Party from the Game Boy Advance, and it's probably the only Sonic, um, it's only track from any Sonic game, at least for the time being, um, that isn't from a Sonic game. Because obviously Sonic Pinball Party being a mixture of franchises, I thought we'd mix it up a bit and go for something slightly different. Um, and then we have Sonic Battle, and it was really difficult for me to choose a track from this soundtrack, actually, because um, some of them sound really bad, some of them are really good, some of them are like remixes from other tracks, and then there's this one track that I've ended up playing which is just brilliant. I think it's amazing. If you could try and imagine a heavy metal song being played for a Game Boy Advance sound font, it's pretty much this one. Um, and then for Sonic Heroes, there's too many good... The, the the game might be not very good, but the the soundtrack's really good, and it was it was kind of difficult for me to choose a track here, so I had to just go for lowest common denominator. So here we go. It is 2003, and it's time for a pinball party.
from one Sonic Heroes track to another one. Um, that was Ocean Palace, the second stage from Sonic Heroes. And for the longest time, that's about as far as I could actually play the game because it, it just really just couldn't get on with it. Um, I'm on Lost Jungle now and I can't get past it because the game likes glitching when you're trying to run away from the alligator thing. Um, yeah, so that was Ocean Palace. You should know that because it's everywhere these days. Um, before that, we had Eggman Plotting from Sonic Battle, which, you know, it's a pretty decent track. It's, I'll be honest with you, it's one of the better ones that I found from Sonic Battle. If you disagree with me, I'd like to see what, you know, what sort of suggestions you make for what, uh, what games you would prefer, or what music you'd prefer. Be quite interesting. Um, and then before that, we had Nightmaren from Sonic Mimble Party, which is clearly from Knights, because... I could have played like Burning Hearts or whatever, but Knights is Knights, and we need some Knights. So, yeah, Sonic Bimple Party. In the history of Sonic, we are now into 2004, and whilst sort of looking back at this list, um, I actually realised that since Sonic's release, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog's release in 1991, there actually hasn't been a single year since, in the 25 years, they hasn't had a game of some description released. Whether it's a, 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 a main series, or a spin-off, or a game where Sonic features, um, there isn't, at all, a, um, a game. There isn't a year where there isn't a Sonic game. 25 years, and there's been a so at least one Sonic game every single year. That's something, isn't it? Right, so we're now into 2004, and the aforementioned Sonic Advance 3. Which, yeah, not a high point, I'll be honest. Um, I, I just really don't like like it. I don't get on with it because the way I see it is the fact that it's trying to be Sonic Heroes on a handheld and it doesn't really work. <coughs> and, um, oh, do excuse me for that. And it's also the fact that each, instead of having now a level progression that you're pretty familiar with, um, where, you know, you finish a level and you move on to the next one. Um, it tries to do something pretty similar to Knuckles Chaotix, where you have a map, and you have to try and find the next entrance to the map. And then once you find the entrances, um, then once you've finished all the levels, then you've got to find the boss level entrance, and it's it just really feels like it's poorly designed. I mean, by all means, it is... You know, I will not hesitate to, to declare it the biggest Sonic Advance game ever, because each level now had three acts plus a boss compared to just two acts and a boss level. Um, and obviously, you know, the endless number of combinations that you could have with the characters. You know, you could have Sonic and Tails, or Sonic and Amy, or Sonic and Knuckles, or Sonic and Cream, and then obviously you could have Cream and Tails, or Cream and Knuckles, and, and there's all sorts... Um, you know, once you'd unlocked the characters, there's all sorts of different combinations you could have. But at the end of the day, it's it's kind of weird. And, you know, how the gameplay all sort of works together. And also, the storyline kind of follows... Um, on, follows on from Sonic Battle. So, it's a Sonic Advance game, which really, you know, a lot of the characters you would have recognised from Sonic Battle, so you should really have played Sonic Battle before playing Sonic Advance 3? I, I don't know. It's it's not Dimps' high point, and unfortunately from here, their high points would start to go a little bit hit and miss. Although, quite thankfully, from Sonic Advance 3, we would then go into a hit. 
because in 2000 and f uh, 2003, did I just say 2003? It meant 2004. Because in 2005, we had Sonic Rush. Uh, the first Sonic game on the Nintendo DS. The first Sonic game to be played on two screens. The first Sonic game to feature both Blaze the Cat and Eggman Nager, who is absolutely amazing, and I, I think it's a real shame that Eggman Nager hasn't been a main uh, boss villain in a mainstream Sonic title, because he's like, he's literally Eggman, but with a, just a lot more evil and a lot more malicious, and I, I think he's a great character. I love Eggman Nager. Um, I, I love him to bits. I think it's really cool. Um, Sonic Rush also soundtrack by Hideki Naganuma, the guy who composed um, Jet Set Radio and Jet Set Radio Future and parts of it anyway. Um, and it's a stunning soundtrack. And I think the track that I've played, uh, that I've chosen for this game, um, I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. Um, unfortunately, 2005, there were two games released. And I say unfortunately because whilst one is a really, really good game in um, Sonic Rush, the other one is a horribly misguided one in Shadow the Hedgehog. Now, Shadow the Hedgehog is what happens when you decide that you're going to try and make an edgy Sonic game. And to be honest with you, if it was just a Sonic game starring Shadow the Hedgehog, it would be fine. And to be honest with you, if it was a... Um, a Sonic game starring Shadow the Hedgehog that you could get into vehicles and drive them around it would still be fine. Um, it's when you get to the point where it's a Sonic the Hedgehog game starring Sonic the Hedgehog that has vehicles in, that also has guns in, and also has swearing, and also has flat-out murder. Um, because one of the storylines, uh, and I'm sure it's not a spoiler at this point because, you know, the game is 11 years old, but in one of the storylines Shadow straight-up kills Sonic the Hedgehog and acts like it's just a pretty normal thing to happen. Um, I'd also believe there's a storyline where he actually tries to kill Dr. Eggman as well. Uh, it's, it's all very dark and edgy and it's, it's kind of in a response to the whole Gears of War thing because whilst Shadow the Hedgehog was coming out on um, again PS2, GameCube and, X and the Xbox, uh, the Xbox 360 was around the corner and people were starting to sort of look at games like Gears of War which was being teased and you know Halo was sort of doing quite popular and they're like and and quite a few companies um, started to make this whole oh let's take our franchise and make an edgy version and Sega didn't just do it the once with um, Shadow the Hedgehog either they tried to do it with Altered Beast and they tried to do it with Shinobi and uh, Nightshade um, the difference being Shinobi and Nightshade being the only two games that came out that were actually good. Um, at Altered Beast is bloody terrible. And Shadow the Hedgehog... If you ignore the fact it has guns, and if you ignore the fact it has vehicles, and you're kind of okay with the storyline, it actually plays half decently. It plays a hell of a lot better than Sonic, um, Sonic Heroes did. But, unfortunately, there are sections in the game where you do need to play with guns, and you do need to play with vehicles, and it kind of takes you out of the, the notion, and you you start to soon realise that this probably wasn't Sonic Team's high point. And it takes, from Sonic Heroes onwards, it took them a long, long time to find a game 
that would actually get really well received and and start to really feel that Sonic Team knew what they were doing with Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and it's a, it's a real shame that we have to say this because you know when you're trying to celebrate, as I said last week, when you're trying to celebrate the history of Sonic the Hedgehog, um, you do have to also make sure you notice the low points of the franchise. Um, as well as celebrate the high points and unfortunately we're now coming to a period in Sonic's history where there's an awful lot of low points and not very many high points but the ones that are there are brilliant so swings and roundabouts really Um, so now it's time for another batch of free Sonic tracks Um, so we're moving in, in this chronological order what we've got um, we're in 2004 with Sonic Advance 3, and then we move into 2005 with Sonic Rush and Shadow the Hedgehog. And unfortunately, I think you can kind of see what's coming next uh, once this is finished. Because after 2005, we've got 2006. And it was a 15th anniversary that kind of wasn't celebrated for with all the right reasons.
Everybody's favourite emo hedgehog there with a game that came out in 2005. And, um, yeah. Shadow the Hedgehog and Sky Troops. Before that, actually, one of my favourite songs ever, even if you took it out of a um, Sonic setting, I reckon I could. This is one of the tracks that I could play Mina, and I'd be like, hey, listen to this, with no background knowledge whatsoever, and I think she'd enjoy it. It's just one of those really, really enjoyable tracks. Very much a fun track. Um, Sonic Rush, Raising Me Up. And then prior to that, we go uh, to Sonic Advance 3, which was released in 2004, and Cybertrack Act 3. It's kind of hard for me to choose a song from Sonic Advance 3 because my overriding thought was how much I hated the game. Right, so the next three songs that we are about to play are all from games released in 2006. Sonic's 15th anniversary. So as you can kind of imagine, um, Sonic Team kind of wanted to do something really big for it. And in a way, I'm not convinced that it worked. Um, in the sense that two of the games didn't really get a good reputation and the last one um, everyone kind of decided to forget about. Which is, you know, a bit of a shame. But at the same time, it's like, well, not not really sure what else, you know, to, to expect. So we started off on 2006 with Sonic Riders, which obviously Sonic Team didn't develop. Um, it was a racing game. It's the Sonic's first racing game since Sonic R. Um, and also, it was the first game where it introduced the. Uh, Babylon Rogues! So, you know, Jet the Hawk and the other ones, because I can't remember the names of the other ones and I'm not looking it up because <laughs> research is for idiots, damn it! <laughs> um, Sonic Riders is actually pretty decent. It, it Again, it was multi-format, came out on pretty much everything at the time, so, you know, PS2, Xbox, GameCube. Um, although, at this point, next-gen consoles had been released, so it was kind of a strange decision. To, uh, to release on current gen, but hey, never mind. Um, and then, the massive oh dear. You know what we're talking about, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog, um, also known as Sonic 06, so it doesn't get confused with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog from 1991, um, or I guess, in a way, Sonic the Hedgehog Genesis, the utterly atrocious um, Game Boy Advance part port of um, Sonic 1, which also came out at some point, actually. Um, I think it was around 2006, <laughs> shockingly, but I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 had a little bit of a disturbed development. Just to give you a rough idea as to what was happening, basically Sonic Team were developing the next Sonic game for the next gen consoles. So this is where very much the Dreamcast era ends and where we then call it the modern era. So with Sonic 06, brand new design for Sonic the Hedgehog. He's now a little bit taller, his spines are a little bit longer, his legs are longer. He he looks more like a teenager than a like an you know, than he, he did before. Um, Eggman also gets a more human-like appearance, which I'm actually a really big fan of. I really, really enjoy the re 
you know, I really like the redesign that Eggman has um, in Sonic 06, mainly for the fact that he has eyes, which you never see again in any Sonic game ever. So if you ever want to see Dr. Eggman with eyes, then there you go, that's a reason to play Sonic 06. Um, unfortunately, things started to get a little bit stretched. Um, the PS4 was the, the play, PS4. Uh, the PlayStation 3 was coming out in 2006, so Sega then decided that Sonic the Hedgehog needed to be released on the PlayStation 3. They also decided it had to be released in 2006, and then they also decided that they needed to release a um, a Sonic game on the Wii, uh, which turned out uh, at the time was codenamed Sonic Wildfire and turned out to be um, Sonic in the Secret Rings. Um, in developing Sonic in the Secret Rings, Sonic Team decided to take half of the development team off of Sonic 06 to then start working on Sonic and the Secret Rings. And I bet you can guess which, when you're looking at talented developers, um, which half they took off of Sonic 06 to work on Secret Rings, when you consider how good Sonic uh, Secret Rings is compared to Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, spoiler alert, it was the good half. The good half worked on Secret Rings. So yeah, basically, um, there's also un unconfirmed stories of QA testers basically telling Sonic Team that this game was in no way fit for release and they were being ignored, um, so that the game would be would be able to sort of you know release in its in the state that it's in. Um, but you know, the soundtrack came out, I guess, and the soundtrack's pretty decent, I guess. Um, if you actually wanted to play a decent Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 level, you would have to wait until 2011 when Sonic Generations came out. <laughs> oh. um, the last game that came out in 2006 to celebrate the 15th anniversary um, was Sonic Rivals uh, on the Sony PSP. First so Sonic game exclusive to a Sony console. First Sonic game on a Sony portable console. And when Sonic Rivals came out two years later, it would be the last Sonic game exclusive to a PlayStation console and the last Sonic game to be released on a PlayStation portable device, um, full stop. Although Sonic Rivals and Sonic Rivals 2 uh, do work on, on PlayStation Vita if you have them digitally. So there's that. But, um, yeah. It's a shame, really, because Sonic Rivals is actually pretty good. It's a, um, it's a 2D racing game where you race against another character but other than that it is traditionally a sonic platformer so you know take out the second character that you're racing against and you're going from left to right and you're collecting rings and you're um, defeating bad nicks and all sorts uh, the main thing that I really like about Sonic Rivals is the boss battles because not only is the boss battle music immense and no that's not the song that I've picked um, with the exception of the Metal Sonic boss battle, the other bosses you're actually fighting um, alongside the character that you're racing in the levels. And to defeat the boss and actually progress in the game, you need to have hit the um, you need to hit the boss more times than your opponent. It's a really nice sort of strategy in the fact that you're not only fighting the boss, you're fighting your rival. Um, Sonic Rivals 2 too does something pretty similar, but also puts in like random battles where you actually fight your rival in sort of a mini quasi beat 'em up thing, and it doesn't really work the way it's meant to. But you know, for all it's mattered, um, you know, Sonic Rivals was good. 
and you can find it dirt cheap now unless you're trying to buy it digitally in which case I think it's still like a tenner but you know if you've got a Sony PSP and you want to you've never played Rivals or Rivals 2 heartily recommended it's at this point where the Sonic spin-offs tended to be a bit better than the Sonic um, than the main Sonics because you know I suppose the development studios weren't just crapping them out because they had deadlines to meet or anything like that I have no idea so in any case, it's time for a little bit more music for, from us. So, you have got, in this batch and in this order, um, Sonic Riders, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Sonic Rivals. All three games from the year 2006. And coming up after this, um, we've got the aforementioned Sonic in the Secret Rings. So we have a Wii exclusive game, in fact two Wii exclusive games, and a DS exclusive game. And one of those games ended up selling over 8 million copies.
I had to time that really, really well, I hope you're aware. Um, because Sonic Rivals music does not fade out. Um, that was Sky Parked, that Sky Park Act 1 and Versus Metal. You know, as in Versus Metal Sonic, um, from Sonic Rivals. Before that, we're just going to call it Crisis City from Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, because to give it its full name would take far too long. And just in case you wondered if that was a little bit longer than what you're used to hearing on Radio Sega, um, that's the album version of Crisis City. So that is literally every single bit of music from Crisis City in a nice little mashup um, and composes one bit of music. So rather than try and pick my favourite bit of Crisis City, I was like, sod it, we'll play all of it. Um, and then before that we had uh, Sand Ruins, which apparently has got a different name, but on Radio Sega it pops up as Theme of Sand Ruins for some reason. And that was from Sonic Riders. And as we said, that's all the games from, uh, all the music from um, 2006. Going to 2007, and we go through our first um, exclusive uh, Wii game. So that was Sonic and the Secret Rings. Uh, which was kind of it was it was developed by half of the team as we said in the in the previous break, um, developed by half of the team who, who had started working on Sonic 2006, um, but then broke away to start work on Secret Rings, which when it was announced was called Sonic Wildfire, and to be fair, I really liked the name, and when they finally announced it as Secret Rings, I, I have to admit I didn't really like it, but then once playing the game, it it's kind of makes sense, so. There you go. Um, it was meant to be the start of a new series called the Sonic Storybook series. Storybook, apparently, is how you pronounce it nowadays. Um, but yeah, then you got to the sequel to Secret Rings and it kind of all fell on its ass. And funnily enough, they only made two of them. Um, <laughs> Sonic and Secret Rings, you played holding the Wiimote sideways and Sonic ran on his own. And you had to like sort of pull the Wiimote back if you wanted him to stop. You could lean forwards if you wanted him to run quicker. You had to turn it left and right to to turns left and right, shockingly. Um, and I think you had to actually flick it for him to jump. I don't think there was a button for him to jump. It's been such a long time since I've played the game, I actually can't remember. Um, it was good. It's good though. The music is pretty good. And whilst I said that I was going to stay away from obvious choices of music, um, with this one, it's one with Secret Rings. I've picked a track that is I've not heard in a very long time, um, and it's amazing. And I'm sure you won't mind in the slightest that I played it. Um, after Sonic and the Secret Rings, uh, Dimps came back to the forefront and brought out Sonic Rush Adventure, the sequel to Sonic Rush. Um, where Sonic and Blaze then went up against a robotic pirate cat called Captain Whisker and a robot called Johnny. And Captain Whisker looked a little bit like Eggman and... Ugh. Rush Adventure's a pretty good game, um, but it's nowhere near as good as Sonic Rush, I'll be honest. The soundtrack I don't think is anywhere near as good, although it does have better boss themes, so it's got that going for it. And then the aforementioned Wii exclusive game that went on to sell over 8 million copies. We are talking about um, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Yep, it was finally time for Sega to pitch a game to Nintendo about Sonic going head to head with Mario. And in what better setting than to use Sega's recently acquired Olympics license um, for the upcoming Beijing Olympics in 2008. They decided, let's bring a game out 
that's got Mario and Sonic competing against each other in a um, in a series of Olympic events and you know all of their friends can come along for the ride too and it's basically a minigame collection and shockingly it's a lot better than Sega's own Beijing 2008 Olympics game seriously it's a lot better to the point where a lot of people bought it it went out of stock for ages and um, I believe it ended up being one of not not the best-selling but one of the Wii's best-selling um, exclusive titles and it's also one of the biggest selling Sonic games ever you know when you consider the fact that in 2011 everyone made a big deal about the fact that Sonic Generations on three formats sold one million copies then five years previously or four years previously Mario and Sonic probably because of the whole fact of the console wars are now an actual Olympic war um, had now formulated into this uh, fantastic battle of Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games is proven so popular that with the following sequels as well that came out every time there was Olympic Games Sega have now managed to hold on to the Olympics license for a very long time um, just so that they can continue bringing out Mario and Sonic games as you'll soon see when we get to 2016 so yeah we're gonna go straight into it because we're getting to the end of the show now and I'd really like if I can to get to the end of 2007 at least because after Mario and Sonic there is one more game to come out and the track itself is amazing I really love it um, from what I heard yesterday it's the first time I actually listened to it properly and I think it's gonna be a wicked tune to finish uh, tonight's show on um, so we're going to go through Sonic and the Secret Rings on the Wii, uh, Sonic Rush Adventure on the Nintendo DS, which, um, looking at this, there was only one more game that came out on the DS after this. So, you know, no prizes for guessing what that one is. And then we're finishing, as I say, on the most one of the most popular Sonic games of the modern era with Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games and with this one I tried to choose a track that isn't a Mario track and isn't a Sonic track in fact because it was the first Olympics um, title um, a lot of the music on here was all original they, they only started doing sort of the remixes later on so that was interesting so I went for one that I thought was kind of the most upbeat and really fun track available so right 20 minutes to go on this show this next music break is going to take 10 minutes you're listening to the History of Sonic Act 2 uh, exclusively on Radio Sega. If truly free, be stopped, never thrall that's happening.
Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, and this is going to get stupidly confusing when we get later on in the series because um, the game names get longer and longer and longer and longer. Um, that was uh, gymnastics, trampoline, you know, a really funky track for a not very funky sport. Um, before that, Sonic Rush Adventure and Sky Babylon, the Act 1 and 2 mix. No idea what the difference is between them, but there you go. And then before that, the palace that was found. Sonic and the Secret Rings from the Wii. So, that leaves us with one more track to play from this evening, and it's the track that we me- it's the game that we mentioned um, a little while back in the sense of um, Sonic Rivals 2, the last game to come out in 2007. Um, a sequel to Sonic Rivals, it had more characters. Um, it inexplicably had Espio the Chameleon in it, but no other member of Chaotix. I've no idea. Um, and the gameplay was, as I say, pretty similar to the first game, but with like added nuances when it came to boss battles and whatnot. Um, so yes, we've got one more track to play from Sonic Rivals 2, and then that is all for this evening. So let us tease what's going to happen in Act 3 without giving away any game names. So we're going to start off in the year 2008 with one of the most critically... Oh, not critically, I suppose. With one of the most anticipated Sonic games ever, and yet when it came out, nobody gave a flyer about it. Um, 2008, also quite interestingly, is the first year that the Summer of Sonic convention um, was staged as a live event. Um, because Summer of Sonic itself started in 2006 as a website, which we at Radio Sega were actually a part of. So we've been there from the very beginning, except for maybe 2008, because we weren't really there in 2008. Um, So 2008 has a DS game that everyone was really, really looking forward to, and then everybody really, really hated when it came out. Um, We also had the next uh, main Sonic game, which was good on one format and not very good on another. Um, going into 2009, we have um, another. Uh, we have two Wii games and a DS game. Um, the DS game. Well, I, I did say that 2008 saw the last DS game release, but actually there was a DS game that came out in 2009 and 2010. So there we go. Shows what I know. Um, and of course, we're going to have the return of 2D Sonic in next week's episode as well, with. Um, a soundtrack that wo- most people compared to cats meowing for some reason. All that and more, that's coming up on Sonic, uh, the Radio Sega's History of Sonic Act 3 on uh, Radio Sega next Saturday at 10pm UK time. Um, all being well, it's going to be a live show. Um, this week's was pre-recorded because something came up very, very last minute. But I'm sure you'll agree, we played some really cool music and we've had some fun along the way. Um, if you do want to send any messages, send us via Twitter at Radio Sega or you can send one personally at Gavi UK or drop me a message in Discord. Um, radio, if you go to http colon slash slash radio se.ga forward slash discord, leave a message in there because I can actually get that on my phone and I can check up with it later on. So if there's any questions or any comments that you want to make about this week's show and you want to make sure I see it, um, discord or Twitter is the way to go. So, 
There we are. Right, one more track then. This is from Sonic Rivals 2. It's absolutely amazing. My name is Ben Gavi. You've been listening to Radio Sega's History of Sonic Act 2, and I'll see you next week for the third act, where we might actually get through the rest of the timeline. Either way, we'll be starting from the year 2008. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next week.
Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.